Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug. Get comfy and join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome, 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 everybody, to season two of A Most Unusual Tea Party. I'm your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram, and thank you so much for joining me. One of the biggest lessons for me from season one is simply to say it as I see it. For some reason in season one, I was really anxious about saying something that might be construed as less than positive about a guest on the show. Now, while it is normal to do that in a handwriting analysis privately for someone or for a business, it really felt different putting it out there to share with all of the world. And what I discovered, though, is that most people already know it. I really can say it as I see it. And later in today's interview with the one and only John Lee Dumas, you'll see what I mean when I talk about his misplaced capitals. I've also realized that people love the handwriting analysis and want more of it. I heard more from people when I didn't do enough of the handwriting analysis or when I left it out entirely like I did when I interviewed Sheila Lowe than any other aspect of the podcast. So while I tried to keep it short and sweet in season one, I really tried to follow JLD's recommendation of 22 minutes, I've let that go. So for season two, I've really given myself the space to talk about more of the details that I see in the handwriting, and that has really provided some great moments, such as when I talked to the incredibly talented Australian musician and creator of the Jackson Creek Jam Sessions, Sean Kirk, about the ocean of space around his personal pronoun I in the season finale. I've also included a segment called Spot the Lie in most of the episodes for season two. Now, this is a huge challenge for me, and you have the opportunity to learn along with me of how to spot lies in handwriting. Now, some of the lies that the guests put in are super obvious, but some of them are a bit trickier. So you never know if I'm actually going to get it right or if I'm going to get it wrong. There are some graphologists who can spot a lie from a mile away in handwriting, but that is not me. So this is my way of practicing that skill, honing my perceptions, and knowing what to look for even better. And I know that I am better now after having done the segments for Spot the Lie in Season 2 than I was when I first began. And it's something I hope you really enjoy. Let me know what you think of it and if I should keep it going for Season 3. Now, because I've expanded the handwriting analysis portion, you are also going to see that most episodes are longer. And I struggled with that a little bit. But as one listener remarked, who cares? There is always the pause button. Plus, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. It's going to take as long as it takes. So longer episodes are happening this season, particularly when I talk with Robin Dreek, who is a veteran FBI agent, former Marine Corps, author of Sizing People Up, The Code of Trust, and it's not all about me. Plus, he's the founder of The People Formula. His interview has become episodes three and four in season two. Yes, you heard that correct. I took his interview and turned it into two episodes because he is such a well-spoken, fascinating, and unusual person that I just couldn't edit it all out. I mean, how do you choose between deleting a former FBI agent's answer to who shot JFK or whether he trusts what he reads in the newspapers in the mornings? 
I would need a professional editor on board to make that kind of call, and I don't have that, so you're going to get it all. Rounding out season two, we're going to look at the handwriting of Sandy, who is a green witch. We look at the writing of Stannis Markham, who is the creator of a kimono company, plus several others. We've got a beekeeper called Chevelle Stevens. We've got Denise Markle, who is a full-stack marketer over at Castos. And we have the beautiful and gracious Lily Wang, who is a powerhouse of a coach. We also have one of the inventors from True Earth, and I'm working on getting a surprise guest, which I'll let you know about later in the season. But today, here for the season two opener, is John Lee Dumas, whose voice I wish I had. Female version, of course. His voice is professional, it's clear, it's weighty, it's emotive. It's John Lee Dumas, and he is the host of The Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is an award-winning podcast where he interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. With over 2,500 episodes, 1 million plus listeners a month, and seven figures of annual revenue, JLD is just getting started. He is also the reason that this podcast exists. Because once I realized that I needed to get serious about creating a most unusual tea party, which happened after my son bought the sound foam panels so that we had better sound quality, I realized that I needed some help. And I turned to JLD's book, Podcast Launch, to walk me through the steps one by one. His book was an indispensable tool to go from the idea of a podcast to the execution of it. Now, this interview with JLD is unusual, and it's the only one of its kind here on the Tea Party. Because John Lee Dumas is a god in the podcasting world, and really, that's not too much of an overstatement, he is in high demand. He dedicates one day a month to giving interviews to people like me, other podcasters who have guests on their show. And because he wants to help as many people as possible, he limits every interview to an absolute hard cutoff at 15 minutes. So this is a rapid fire, no fluff kind of interview. I was his 21st interview of the day, and yet we still get some amazing insights into the man, the myth, the legend that is John Lee Dumas. If you want to learn more about John Lee Dumas and his Entrepreneurs on Fire program, go to eofire.com. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to me in season one. Thank you for joining me again for season two. And if you're new to the tea party, thank you for joining in now. Please share, like, and follow to your heart's content. And I really do encourage you to prepare your own handwriting sample. Take the time to write a few paragraphs on a blank piece of paper, sign it, and date it. It'll be fun for you to see what traits you share with the people I interview. And you will never look at your handwriting the same again. So without further ado, here he is, John Lee Dumas, John Lee, or JLD, I think I refer to him as all three in the interview. Enjoy season two, episode one. Teresa, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome. And how are you doing, John? Puerto Rico's sun is shining. Our birds are singing. Life is good. Amazingly enough, we actually have sunshine here too. Amazing. It is actually. It's kind of (laughs) cool. John, do you like John, John Lee or JLD? All of the above. Whatever suits your boat. Awesome. That's my favorite kind of answer. 
<laughs> All right. So we're just going to jump right into this, John Lee, unless you have any questions. Zero. Okay. Let's do this then. So, John Lee, little known fact about you. You hold the world record for the fastest turnaround of a handwriting sample for the Tea Party. How do you feel about holding such a record? I have to say it'll probably be written on my gravestone. I am unbelievably proud of that. Awesome. Do you have any advice for anybody else who wants to try to take that title from you? You know, just get stuff done. Like stop seeing things, putting it off for another day. The procrastination, it's wearing you down. Boom. Thank you. So John, you did provide me with a fantastic handwriting sample, peppered with a lot of T's in it. So we're going to take a look at that first, and then I have a few questions for you. I'm fascinated. I can't wait. Okay. So the first thing that really jumps off the page and has not much to do with your T's is the size of your writing. It is smaller and well-formed, which means that you really can focus and concentrate. The next thing is that your speed, the speed of your mind clearly shows. There is a swiftness to the writing and it's reflective of a swift brain. And the wonderful thing about this is even though it's fast, you are still super clear. So communication is always important to you. I'll keep it going. I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but is it accurate? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> uh, would you say it's accurate so far? You know, I want it to be accurate. I mean, focus is literally my favorite word. Follow one course until success. Nice. Yeah. And that the way that you start out, you start out larger and then you get smaller and smaller. And that's exactly what it is. It says that you start to focus and the more that you focus on something, the more, you know, laser focused you get as you get into Interesting. it. Mm -hmm. Another really fascinating feature about your teas is that you have this lovely curve to the stem. It's called a bowed tea stem. And it's actually the first time I've ever actually seen it in writing. Whoa. Yeah. So you had me digging through all of my reference books because I know it means something, but I could not remember off of the top of my head what it was. So thank you for that. What that means, though, is kind of interesting because it says that you're feeling some pressure from the past that could have you feeling like maybe you've got a reputation to live up to or there's something that you've got to do to prove a point to somebody or something from the past. You know, I knew it wasn't going to be all good. So I knew the hammer was going to drop at some point. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, yeah, it's amazing how a lot of the positives show through in your handwriting and yet we're complex human beings. And so there is going to be the good with the bad, the yin with totally. the yang. Mm -hmm. Now, one other thing that I just want to talk about for your handwriting that's really quite unique as well is that some of the capital letters are out of place. In particular, your A. You almost always do a capital A instead of a lowercase a. Now, I know that you can do a lowercase a because you do do one. So I know <laughs> that you know how to do it. And that's a really, again, it's a, it's a really unique feature, John Lee. And what it tells me is that you will resist authority. So I don't imagine you are ever very good working under a boss. It is no wonder that you have created an empire of your own. I will say this. I hate authority. I really struggled in the military because you have a strict chain of command and 
you know, I could listen to orders because I knew I had to, but mm-hmm. I always liked to buck the trend. And then as soon as I got out of the world where you had to listen to orders, I would look at people that told me what to do and be like, who do you think you are? I love it. So what was it that got you into the, the military? You know, just being a clueless, naive, inexperienced, silly 17-year-old boy, not knowing anything else of what to do. And, you know, having my father who did it and the, his father before him and both of them saying that it was a good idea. So I said, hey, well, they're probably smarter than me and I don't want to go to college and accrue all this debt. So I went to uh, Providence College on an Army ROTC scholarship and my senior year, the Twin Towers were attacked and mm. obviously uh, knocked to the ground along with well over 3,000 deaths. And I knew that, wow, I guess my little foray into the military is about to get serious. And then sure enough, 16 months later, I was in Iraq. Wow. That's quite a story. So for somebody who is resisting authority to end up in Iraq, yeah, that would have been quite a journey. It's quite a journey. You know, I kind of had to become a different person during that time. And I actually think most people who are in wartime environments have to adopt a little bit of a different personality because it's so against, you know, what you're, you're used to if you're brought up in a fairly civilized world. So that's probably one of the reasons I was able to get through it. And, you know, it probably took me a little while post-military to completely morph back into the real JLD. But here I am. Beautiful. I can imagine. Actually, I can't. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. And mm. kudos to you. Hats off that you were, that Thank you did you. that, that you stepped up and did it and that you were able to come back and find the real JLD. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Right. And it shows in your A's. You know, the other part of that is that it, it, it shows that you will resist authority. And it also shows that you have a very clear sense of your own personal code. And that means you just have your own idea of what is right and what is wrong. It's not something that you're just going to allow somebody else to tell you this is right or wrong. I feel pretty strongly about what I feel strongly about. And I never feel pressured to agree with people just because they're saying it. Like, I do feel that happens a lot in the world. Like, you'll have a friend be like, oh my God, like, you know, Trump is the worst. And like, you have to be like, yeah, he's the worst. Just if you, you know, no matter what you Mm -hmm. feel, it's just because like you're pressured to do it. And I'm not saying that I don't feel that Trump is the worst because I do, but that's my point. I wouldn't say it unless I really felt it. You know, and that is such a key part. And I think, especially for somebody like you right now, right? I mean, you are the, at least in my mind, you are like the guru of podcasting. And it's very easy for people to fall in to say, of course, if you said that, it's going to be right. How do you handle that when you just hear somebody that's just kind of giving you, saying what you want to hear? Well, number one, I disagree with them. You know, I'll say like, you know, this to me is not the actual real answer. And this is what I feel about this. And in fact, it's kind of interesting today. I've been on 20 different interviews on 20 different shows. And, you know, most of them are are very cordial and very enjoyable. And we go through and it's, it's a nice flow. But there's a lot of times where, frankly, people kind of try to put words in my mouth and they'll say something that I just don't agree with. And I'll be like, you know, I just have to disagree with you and this is why and we'll get into it and you know sometimes the conversations get you know heated might be a little bit of a strong word but you know they kind of get a little strong and you know we're we're both professionals and we get through it but you know I'm not willing just you know to avoid conflict conflict just for the sake of avoiding conflict in fact sometimes I kind of look I kind of like it and look for it because uh, it kind of adds a little spice 
<laughs> indeed. Indeed it does. So if I tell you that I think keeping a podcast to 22 minutes is ridiculous, you'll take it in stride. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Actually, it's one of the things that when I first started podcasting and I did my first season, I tried so hard to stick to that 22-minute mark, but it is so difficult for me that I've just decided, <laughs> nope, letting that one go. <laughs> when people ask me about podcast length, I just say every podcast should be as long as it needs to be. Boom. Yeah. No longer, no shorter, just that length. Agreed. So, so true. So, you know, I think that when we choose to do something, it's got to be fun. Agree or disagree? Disagree. There's a lot of things I choose to do in life that are not fun. For instance, I don't truly find exercise and specifically hardcore weightlifting fun, but I know it's very important for my health. So I do it. And as a result, I'm happy that I did it, but by no means do I find it fun. Mm, what is it that you think you find instead? What becomes more fun or more important than fun? The result from that activity. And the result for me is higher health, stronger muscles, better look, better feel, better sleep, all of that. Mm. All right. So the result is more important about the emotion that you experience while doing it. And not for everything all the time, but there are definitely things that I do that I do not find fun. Nice clarification. I like it. What do you think is the best mistake you ever made? Going to law school was the best mistake I ever made because it's such a big commitment. Mm -hmm. I went to law school. I took the LSATs, got, got into a good law school, bought a condo in the town of the law school. Like I was all in. But by the third week, I knew that I had made a mistake. And it took so much courage to drop out of law school, to essentially turn my life upside down, to you know, just essentially throw away the $20,000 of the first semester, to you know, have to like rush and sell my condo because I wasn't living there anymore, to have to just like you know, tell everybody, like, oh, how's law school going? Oh, I dropped out. <laughs> but it made me realize that, man, like if I can make such a huge, devastating, difficult decision as that, and I turned out okay, it's just going to help me with everything in life. Because now whenever I come up with a difficult decision, I'm like, it's going to be okay. And I lived it with my bad decision with law school. So it's, it's almost like a point of reference for you then. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. What do you think for you, your personality traits, what is it that has helped you become such a successful podcaster? I'd say three things. Number one, I'm very productive. And that doesn't mean that I'm busy and I'm just doing a lot of things all day long. It means I'm actually producing the right content, not just any content, the right content. And number two, I'm disciplined. I think that does come from the military, but I'm very, I'm very disciplined on a plan of action. So I am a disciple to executing my plans that I create every day. And then number three is focus. Like I'm very focused. I like to follow one course until success. I use the Pomodoro method a lot. I set timers. I completely block everything else out, any distractions, notifications. It's just that one thing. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, how do you know that it's the right content? That can, you know, that can put people into a tailspin really fast. How do you know it's the right content? 
you never know until you know, meaning that sometimes you just got to throw a lot of spaghetti against the wall. Some things are going to stick and you go with those things and then you throw those things against the wall. Some of them won't stick a second time or maybe the third time, but you keep on doing it. You start to hone and sharpen your understanding on what's the right content. So you're never going to know at the beginning, day one, month one, year one. But over the years, I've been honing my skills to really identify what Product, productivity and producing the right content looks like. Yeah. And that's exactly right, isn't it? At the beginning, you really don't know. You're just going to try it and give yourself the grace to change. You can pivot anytime you like. Give yourself the grace to change. That's a great phrase. Yeah. Love it. So we're just about out of time here, JL. Um, so I, I want to just ask you really quick, what would you name this episode? I would name this episode why capital A's are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Done. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> All right. Just make sure you take care of yourself because it's crazy times. It is crazy. And thank you for this. It was very enjoyable. Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to it. And like I say, the fast turnaround on your handwriting, that was amazing. <laughs> I wish everybody could do that. Like take a page from JLD and just, just do it. Awesome. Super. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Well, it's great talking to you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI. Hey, peeps, did you know that you could have the same experience of handwriting analysis done that our guests experience? If you're interested in having your own handwriting analysis done in an audio format, send an email to handwritingpi at gmail.com asking for details about the AHA program.